Welcome to episode 68 of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast in all of Hawkland. Uh, this is Steve, a.k.a. Kilowoggy. With me is Scott Prime, a.k.a. Scott Prime. Okay, that's kind of what I was wondering to see what you'd do. And we're debuting a new nickname for Steve. He is from now on going to be called the King of Pops. Nah. Dude. Nah. You're the King of Pops. Nah. I don't have that many. I have a lot. I know there's other people that have more than you. Oh, yeah. But you're the person who I know that has the most. <laughs> well, yeah. Therefore, you're the king of pops. Okay. I like that. You're the king of board games. See? I like that. Yeah, okay, I'm good with that. Okay. So how's it been going? It has been going okay. Not too good, not too bad. Just okay. When do I get to complain about Fumble? I really want to complain about Fumble. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Okay. But, um, so, playing any Blood Bowl lately? Yeah, I have. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, on Fumble? Oh, yeah. Do we want to talk about our in life stuff? In life stuff? Oh. Real life. But, sure. Let's go for it. I mean, not that you probably want to. Oh, well. So, in our Cobble League, the Central Oklahoma Blood Bowl League? Yeah. Okay. It's Oklahoma, but either one works. Okay. Um, I played in the semifinals against Scott Hess, who I guess from now on is going to be known as the best Blood Bowl player in Oklahoma. I'm just going to give him that title. He keeps winning. He keeps winning. And He's a I good don't, player. I don't know. I, I have no clue what I'm doing strategically wrong against him. Against him, you slow played, and then you got too aggressive. Well, okay. So or vice versa. I played with my pro elves versus his vampires. He gets into your head and you play differently than you do against other people. I don't. Oh, man. I don't know. About I don't that. even know if the he gets into your head. It's just the fact that you know going up against him, you tried to do too much. Well, I did what I wanted to do, yeah. which was scored in the first half when I kicked the ball to him mm-hmm. and then tried to stop him, which I didn't. So he scored. And then the second half, I was going to slow roll him. No, you you kind of stopped him. You had the ball, and you threw it to one of your guys. Well, I, I got over-aggressive. That was my fault. Yeah. I should have held on to the ball with my blodger. And instead, I decided to try a pass because I thought I could score right now and go up 2 nothing, and I can win this playoff game. And worst-case scenario, it's by your guy. There's yeah. another guy open. Yeah, but of course he intercepted it, which is actually the worst worst case scenario. Right, and then he he drove the field in one play and scored. Yeah. Uh, didn't even need a reroll no, for sure any of that didn't. stuff. And uh, second half, I slow played him. I did with elves, pro elves, which most people say don't do that. But I managed to knock all his vampires out of the game. You were doing great. You were baiting him into the sidelines. He was coming, and you were just surfing him left and right. And if you would have said, Scott, you're going to be at midfield, and you're going to be on turn five, and you have eight L's versus his seven thralls, but you're going to lose the game. I said, you're full of crap. Mm-hmm. But I lost the game. So eventually he finally hit my blodger, got him down. He hit your blodger four times. It, he was holding the ball. You, he hit him four times before he knocked him down. And each time he didn't go down. Right. But when he finally did, it was in such a bad position, the ball went out of bounds, and then it got the perfect throw in for Hess, 
Right. And and it was a just, they went ten squares, which is way out of my range. Yeah. And he had a thrall down there for some random reason. Just I don't even think no he reason. purposely had a thrall down there. No. I don't think he was thinking, like, I'm going to score and have this guy open. He just had him down there. I think I knocked him down yeah. or something like that. And he was getting up. And all this stuff. But long story short, I got beat. The crowd threw the ball in the opposite way. Painful game. It was one of those games he had, he had more bench players than me. You know, he has three vampires, and I still had to give him like almost 200k in inducements. It was just awful. It was rough. And then I got beat two to one. And then um, congratulations to him. He played a really stacked and packed lizard man team in the finals against our friend Tony. And uh, Scott won. Was it two, two to zero? Two, it was two to one. But the last to touchdown didn't really matter. Okay. Tony could have been more aggressive, but yeah. So Scott has now won our what we call our home league twice. Even though technically I beat him, but he had both yeah. of his teams in the final, so he had to play somebody. <laughs> so he he got first and he got first and he got first and second, and now he's got he's won the store league and he went undefeated with vampires, which is pretty awesome, really. Yeah, when you have three vampires and a crap ton of thralls, and all the vampires have pro. There's not really a negative to that team. No, there's not. So, um, anyways. But I'm not, that's not taking anything against him. He's no, a good I'm just going to declare that he's the best player in Oklahoma. So, he needs to up his... I teased him <laughs> and I said, you need to start playing better at tournaments then. Because... Yeah. <laughs> and he does all right at tournaments. So. He's just better than I do. Sort of. Yeah. That Chaos Cup he has. Yeah, for sure. So, congratulations to Scott Hess, who uh, is representing the... Uh, Dragonfire Blood Bowl League, I guess, if we want to take some credit. And um, so, how is your real life football going? I haven't played much. Uh, we, I got the new season coming up, so played fumble though. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I'm not doing too hot in that league. Haven't really scored a whole lot of touchdowns, or I don't think I've ever had the lead on somebody. So I'm playing Fitz Ryan Fitz. Yeah, so I played Ryan Fitz. His lizard man team. His lizard man team. I was up two to nothing. That seems awesome. And he had one turn to go. For whatever reason, I didn't think about a one-turn touchdown <laughs> and set it up perfectly. So all he had to do was just go straight up the middle where I didn't put anybody. Like I didn't, didn't even protect it. So, yeah, he got a one-turn touchdown. Which Most was, of the coaches in the NBFL are good enough to yeah. set up for that one-turn touchdown. I'm just so. not used to having to worry about it. No, I understand that. I'm just, but I accepted that. That wasn't a big deal. So it's 2-1 to one at halftime. 2-1 to one at halftime. I believe I'm receiving the ball. Okay. The weather changed on that kickoff right before halftime to sweltering heat. Okay. Not a big deal. I lost 7 out of my 11 players. Okay, so that means he probably lost a bunch, too. Two, maybe. <laughs> I had four people going into the damn second half. And not only that, I line up. I think I kicked to him because he got the first hit, took out three people that turn. <laughs> I had one person for the second half after one play. <laughs> And he surrounded that guy, and I just tried to do a dodge, you know. Got to do something. I mean, he was completely surrounded except for, like, two squares. So I dodged out, 
into four tackle zones <laughs> with something and used a reroll and got it and then dodged into the other square, like three tackle zones or vice versa, and uh, didn't get it. And then he just kind of walked in and then I didn't have... I didn't have a chance in hell. So you got to beat three to two? Beat three to two. Hey, you had the lead, though, for a half. Uh, man, that it <laughs> it was ridiculous. Just go watch it. The second he was apologizing at the end, it was that bad. <laughs> That's... He even put notes into the game, like, just watch from the second half. Kilowaki is the king of the ones. <laughs> uh, NBFL. Wow. But look yeah. at it this way. You're on the road to getting the first draft pick <laughs> in the upcoming year. Yeah, 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 I am. <laughs> it's going to be a big guy that has guard and mighty blow or whatever. Right. I got you. So yeah. that's it for uh, playing some Blood Bowl. So what are we going to talk about today, though? Uh, well, we have a... I don't even know what order we're going to do this. What order do we want to do it? Well, we're going to... We got the guy on the line right now. We're going to... We're not going to keep him waiting. I so guess. we, so our first segment is going to be uh, Nick Kime from um, Titan. Titan Publishing, who's he's writing the Blood Bowl comic. This should be out on May tenth or May seventeenth. Probably depends on the distributor. It probably depends on where in the world you are too. Or, correct. So, but it does come out this month. So we have the writer of the Blood Bowl comic. I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah. And then after that, we are going to um, talk a little bit about Nuffle. About like, the history of Nuffle himself? Yeah, like, where does Nuffle come from? Because I believe there was somebody at our tournament who was explaining it to somebody else, and they were totally wrong. So we thought, <laughs> yeah. not everybody's on board on, like, what Nuffle, where the, like, even the term Nuffle comes from. Yeah, if you knew Why the is he the sacred Blood Bowl God, and mm-hmm. all this stuff that we tease about. So we're going to go into, like, an explanation of him, a little fluffy background, um, and then we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to answer some listeners' e- emails and talk about something Steve told me about that I had no clue about. Uh, something to do with the play cards. So variant ways of playing. So I had no clue about this. That's Should be interesting. So, anyways, we're going to get to that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with Nick Khan. Hey everyone, if you're looking to have some fun and learn some new games, International Tabletop Day is coming up April 29th. If you're in or near the Oklahoma City or Norman area, come down to Wizards Asylum in Norman, Oklahoma. If not, look online for your local gaming establishment and see if they are running events as well. Get out, play some games, but don't forget, Blood Bowl is where it's at. All right, we are with Nick Kime from Titan Publishing. He's the writer of the upcoming Blood Bowl, More Guts, More Glory comic book. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, thank you for having me. Great to be here. I'm going to let you talk for just a second. And I don't know, give us the, the short, what am, I, what am I looking for? 
Tell us who you are. <laughs> Short. What, what should we expect from Blood Bowl? More guts, more glory. Do we want to get into the comic? Do we want to get into him first? I want to know a little bit about... I want the short sell in the comic before we get into him. Okay. Because everybody's excited about this, at least at our shop with our gaming group. There's people who want all the covers. So, I'm ready. Okay, then. Uh, so, the short story is that it's um, it's kind of like an underdog tale. Um, of, a, of, a, of a star player, human star player so, um, called Drang Sternblood, who used to be amazing and uh, got injured and sort of hit rock bottom. Uh, he finds fortune in a new team, a team of uh, hopeless, hapless individuals called the Hockland Harbingers. Uh, and it's really a story about their struggle to uh, become a great team and win a major trophy, uh, in this case, uh, the Blood Bowl itself. See? See, folks? See, listeners? See how he named his players? How he gave them a, a team city and a mascot? This team's not named after a phrase like, you know, the the four Norsemen of you know Chicago or some there stupid will be name Blood like Bowl. that. There will be Blood Bowl. See? This is how That's you do it, one. folks. I might, I might do that, actually. Is Nick, that we, right? we preach a lot on the podcast about coming up <laughs> with fluff and backstories and naming your players and teams and nothing worse than sitting across a guy who's playing – you're playing against orcs and they're called We Are Green. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Get out of here, my face. Yeah, come on, at least think about it. At least try, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to try. Yeah, you're right. So have you been exposed to Blood Bowl before this? Did you ever play – uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I used to play loads. Um, I don't play quite so much now. I'm uh, uh, mega mega busy for that. But um, I have got the new Blood Bowl. Um, I've started to put a new uh, dwarf team together, and of course, uh, painting some Hockland Harbingers too. Of course, um, I used to run a whole bunch of teams uh, back in the sort of the. Well, I actually played it the first iteration. I think it was like 1980. Maybe eighty six when that came out, which had the sort of polystyrene gray astro granite. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that was a uh, second edition. Yeah, it was second edition, like second 80, edition. 87 at least over here, eighty seven, eighty eight. That's what Scott got involved too. Yes, yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, loved, loved playing that, and then I think it, what what happened with the, that version of the game, um, the, the the blocking part of the of the rules became so kind of entrenched with tables that you ended up having these massive like blocking battles and so when it, the the whole system kind of got revamped and the blocking dice kind of replaced all that what an ingenious system um that was and still is actually um that's when i really started to play um you know blood bowl in in earnest uh, i think that was the, the the previous version not the current one we've got now which has got slightly bigger pitch but the previous iteration which is where the, the blocking dice kind of came in um yeah i played a whole bunch of teams played a human team um those guys, uh, I can't, remember, can't actually remember what they were called now, something Eagles. Um, I had a dwarf team as well. They were just the grudge bringers. Um, had an undead team, chaos team, uh, elves as well. Um, I mainly played uh, mainly played dwarf, so to be fair, I think that was down to my Warhammer roots. I had a Warhammer <laughs> army. And although the two worlds are um, separate in a kind of a way, there's, a, sort of, there's definitely a... A lot of crossover between some archetypes, names of cities, you know, personalities, that kind of thing. It's almost like Blood Bowl is like a weird but cool sort of 
parody mirror image of kind of old hammer which i always really liked and that kind of resonated with me um probably the reason why uh, i had such a lot that's such a you know, great time uh, i'm having a great time rather writing the uh, the blood ball comic all that stuff kind of can come in you can bring it in you know all those little references to uh things like uh, certain uh, spell names and stuff that um would tell you a little bit about the law you know that you'd pick up from things like warhammer magic um there's a, there's all there's all there's lots of little Easter eggs. I'm kind of deviating off the, off the answer to the question now, but um, there's loads of Easter eggs and stuff packed into um, in, into the, uh, the the comic that, that fans of Blood Bowl and and Warhammer Two uh, will will get a kick out of. I'm sure. Yeah, going back to what you were talking about the the changes from second edition to third edition with those block dice. Um, mm-hmm. In case our every now and then we do talk about like old rules and stuff to our fans. Um, so just for the fans out there that don't know, you used to compare strength and you would plus or minus, you know, like if your ogre was six strength and he was hitting a halfling of two strength, you'd go plus four and you'd roll two six-sided dice. And if it was 12 or more, that guy was automatically injured type deal. So there was a lot of carnage and stuff on there. And I remember when the block dice came in, Nick, that like me and my friends, at first we didn't accept it at all. We were like, this is just yeah. stupid and dumb because we had all those stupid tables memorized <laughs> and then after playing it for a little while it was it's such a great system and that's why it's still around so i agree with yeah. you whole, wholeheartedly yeah hawkland yeah. your team the hawkland uh harbingers, harbingers yeah yeah that's uh hawkland's a, a city actually in the old fluff of warhammer isn't it it is yeah it okay is. okay i think I, I thought i recognized it from like the old school maps and stuff so I think when, when I was kind of deciding what I was going to call the team, and one, one of the, the stipulations that I got was, you know, it can't be the Reichland Reavers. I was like, well, okay, that's fine, because I don't want to make it the Reichland Reavers, because we know a whole bunch of stuff about the Reichland Reavers. And, um, and what the idea in my head was to tell an underdog story, so that would have to be, you know, a new team, uh, something something made up. And uh, I thought, well, okay, you know, um, a lot of these teams alliterate. That seems to be a thing. It will feel like a blood bolt. They don't all, but some do, and especially the human teams. So I thought, okay, well, what I need a, I need a cool name that kind of alliterates. And um, the publisher sent me a whole list, like, uh, oh, we're brainstorming all these names. I'm like, I don't really like any of those. They're not, you know, I want to be. It's got to be something that I've come come up with myself, so I can kind of get behind it. And um, I mean, they, they were fine. They were perfectly, perfectly okay um, ideas. And it wasn't until I started thinking, well, you know, where can I, where, where, where can I set it? What, you know, what cool city? Although it's obviously part of Warhammer. It's, there's definitely some blending that kind of goes on between those two worlds. I thought, well, hey, Hockland, you know, Hockland's kind of cool. It's got um, it's got some interesting imagery. It's got a cool color scheme, and, and it was just really a case of um, what kind of cool, sort of slightly forbidding, rakish, roguish name can I come up with that alliterates with Hockland and so Harpingers and the Hockland Harpingers, and it felt like it rolled off the tongue. Felt nice. It was. It, it sounded like a blood bowl team, if that kind of makes sense. Um, and I, I guess that's how you know, a lot of teams get get named. What sounds cool? Does it have um, that notion of it being a blood bowl team? I guess. Yeah, that's basically how we do things too. Um, yeah. Now, you said the publisher gave you some names. Has there been a lot of input from GW as to what you can or can't do? Um, I've not had so I principally deal with um, an editor at, um, at Titan, and um, I, I will generally get a bit of feedback on scripts that um, that I deliver for each of the individual issues. Um, there were obviously I needed to supply uh, kind of a story treatment as well, and a 
character sort of bios. Um, and so, but they've, they've pretty much, um, to be fair, they've pretty much let me kind of do um, whatever I like, which is which is great. Um, I'm hoping that that they've they've obviously seen that I've, that I've, I've got some pedigree and, and background and knowledge about about Blood Bowl. About I keep I keep saying Warhammer too because it's the same kind of archetypes that cross over, you know. Um, exactly. And, and, yeah, and and that. Um, and, and I think that's that's stood me in pretty good stead. Um, good, as you said, there's there's sister universes, so you kind of have to yeah. know both to some extent. When we used to, there's a old Warhammer role playing game from I remember early. I guess it was late '80s and early '90s. I can't remember who published it. Um, we used to just kind of combine the worlds and. Well, while our adventurers would uh, run around and slay, you know, trolls and stuff, we'd also take in a Blood Bowl game and get into a fight. So we like to – I live in a world where I like to think of both worlds can exist in the same place. There's just maybe not as much chaos influence taking over the world. <laughs> yeah. I think there's war, right, in Blood Bowl. It's all, it's all on, the, uh, it's on the, uh, the pitch rather than the battlefield. The pitch is the battlefield, I guess. Right. There was, um, there was a while back, uh, I'm pretty sure this, this – there was a character in uh, a game called Warhammer Quest. I'm sure you guys have heard of it and probably played it. Mm-hmm. Who who was a Blood Bowl player? You could play one of the heroes. Um, yeah, he was a retired Blood Bowl player. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you know that's the ultimate kind of crossover, right? I guess you yeah. can actually pick that pick that guy up and play him in the game. It's cool. That's great. So um, when you did your research and stuff for, I mean, you obviously played Blood Bowl and stuff, but did you like? You said there's tons of Easter eggs. Is there like anything that we might be out to look for that's maybe like, like in the old Blood Bowl books, you know, there was all these did you knows, you know, little okay. facts, factoids and stuff like that. Is is a long time like Blood Bowl person going to catch a lot of these other little Easter eggs? Or, or is there going to be something like that in there for us, I guess? Uh, there's not, not so much the, not so much that kind of thing. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's more kind of little cheeky Warhammer references that I think folks okay. will, will will kind of pick up on um yeah, just some snap games but in saying that you know i'm still i'm still working on on a couple more scripts so um you know never say never i can go back and i can well i, I didn't know have. i really didn't know like how much you might be allowed to do that because i know there was i've never read the book believe it or not i haven't read those blood bowl books by matt forbeck from years ago so i just didn't know if like the new publisher wanted a new tale or if they wanted it to intertwine with maybe some of the old tales. So I was just kind of curious on that. Okay. I mean, the, the brief I got was um, really it's, well, I mean, it's, it's a sporting story. Um, so it's kind of got to feel like it's got to feel like that kind of um, Saturday night lights, I guess. Right. Meets Conan, I suppose. <laughs> um, so there's a, I mean, the way, the way I approached each kind of issue was there's a story off the pitch and there's a story on the pitch. And those two things intertwine. And then at the same time, they develop the characters and, and serve the overall arc, which goes across, you know, the four issues of, of the miniseries. Um, and that, that, was, that was pretty much how, how I set my sort of stall out for, for each issue. You know, what's the, what's the core story? What's the, what's the sporting story? And that's usually, um, well, in, in, every, in every issue, there's at least one game of football. Um, that that you know because that's that's what it, it's, it's blood ball. You know you got to have blood ball in a blood ball story. It's not it's not kind of Terry Pratchett we're talking about here. It's, <laughs> it's, blood, it's blood ball, right? So right. we need we need that stuff. And um, that's that's the heart of every issue. But at the same time, there's you know there's other stuff going on too. Because I always thought that was a 
the cool subtext that you've got with a Blood Bowl that you that you kind of realise through a lot of the special play cards and stuff. It's a suggestion that there's other things going on. There's like you know back backroom dealings and, and nefarious plots, and everyone cheats like hell in Blood Bowl too. So some of some of that's got to kind of come through, I think. Otherwise, sure. it, it it will it would feel you know I don't know like Guild Bowl rather than Blood Bowl. It's like it's, it's not it's Blood Bowl if someone's not cheating. <laughs> Yeah, and they cheat like hell in 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 the comic. Oh my god! Yeah, there's 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 some there's there's quite a lot of dodgy dealings uh, in that. But it, it was fun to write, you know. It's good, it's good fun to do. You said this is four issues miniseries. Is there plans for more, or is this kind of dependent on sales? I what think it's know? dependent on uh, sales. I mean, I I I can't say that definitively because sure. I've been hired to write um, these four. So that's that's what I'll do. I'll do as good a job as um, as I can. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, if more comes from that, then then that'll be great, and you know we'll see some more we'll see some more blood ball action, possibly uh, looking at some of the other cups that um, that might present a different kind of story, like say you know the dungeon ball or, or chaos cup or something like that, right? That'd be cool, Nick. It looked yeah. like they gave you a, a really good artist for your your blood ball comic. Uh, is it Jack Jadeson? I- uh, yeah, I believe so. Do you know, I've not actually seen any of the art yet. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> apart from the covers, it's one of those weird things. I mean, apparently I'm going to see something soon, so that's cool. Um, uh, but yeah, you kind of just submit the script and you get feedback on it. And obviously within each, within that script, you, as, as the writer, you kind of describing you know, the number of panels and what kind of happens in each of those. And, and there's there's some stuff in there where you know I had some ideas for okay well maybe we can do some things breaking out panels we can we can do something less conventional we can pull things out and change stuff um, give it a different feel because I think as well as um, it's not like uh, just writing like a short story or, or or a novel where you've got all this narration that you can kind of rely upon and 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 uh, you got all this time to to, to to develop characters you really got to think about how the visual medium works. You know, with 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 the actual with the words themselves, and and part of my job is to describe some of what that what is in my head. Um, you know, the character X looks like this, and he's doing this in this way, and the angle might be a bit like this. But then also to give the artist the freedom to, you know, express themselves. They're they're the, they're the artist. They're the I, I'm I'm no drawer of notes. That I'm sure they can they can do them. You get stick men if it was me. Um, you don't <laughs> want that. That'd be horrific. But uh, these guys know, these guys really know what they're doing. So it's um. It's about giving a bit of guidance, you know, to get a sense of this is the flow of the story. This is this is the beat I want you to hit um, at this point. Uh, thinking about where the page turns are and stuff as well, so you can plan your reveals and your big splashes and spreads and double page spreads and all that kind of stuff. So the rhythm uh, kind of works in terms of whatever part of the story you're kind of at. So if you, you know, if you're in a if you if you're um, showing a scene from 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 the game, or you you're describing a play that one of the the teams have kind of put together, you know you want to have to be like snappy, fast, not too much uh, dialogue, no dialogue really, ideally maybe a little some some flashes from the commentators, something like that, perhaps just to provide a little bit of extra drama and um, and kind of context. But you know keeping that moving quickly, making use of different panel sizes, that kind of stuff, you know, it's it's all that wrapped up. So to do that, and then I'm I'm going to be really excited to see the I can't wait to see the art. Um, I really can't wait to see what what um, I can imagine what the guys have done. But yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen <laughs> nothing yet, but um, I'm sure I will see them. I'm, I'm very excited about that. Well, he's done some Teen Titans and some Birds of Prey in the past. Oh, okay. So um, from my personal opinion, 
The uh, Scott is an artist as well. I'm not a very good one, but he, he's, I, I try. He's, fine. <laughs> um, the, he's better than us. The last Blood Bowl comic came out years and years ago. It was from Boom Studios, and while the artist was, I think he had nice sketchy Present. drawings, yeah. but his storytelling I thought was personally terrible. And I don't yeah. like to knock anybody because being an artist myself, I know everybody's going to knock me on things too. But storytelling wise, I didn't think the guy presented a good story, and I think that comic kind of failed in some ways because it didn't deliver what people wanted. I think you're in good hands with a, a, a good storyteller this time around. So I think you should be uh, really excited to, from, oh, from, from, from what I've seen in my, my uh, own uh, amateur artist impression so far. So I think, I think this one's going to be really successful because it's going to deliver that storytelling. And like you said, it's, if you ask me, Anytime you do a, a comic book that's based on sports, you can't solely show a football game or a soccer game or a wrestling match. You have to have that story off the court mm-hmm. or off the pitch or out of the ring as well as in the ring. But to me, most of those comics fail on the field or yeah. in the ring because it's such a hard thing to deliver to people. So I'm really looking forward to this. And I think I think you're going to really enjoy the art, too, is I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great. That's that's definitely music to my ears. Um, I am really looking forward. Very, very excited. Very very optimistic about you know what what, what we're going to be able to um, achieve uh, with with this with this book. Um, I mean, there's a lot of humour in in the story in the story too, which you know, which, there's loads of gags in there, which I hope you guys are going to uh, enjoy. <laughs> um, there should be if it's Blood Bowl. There's there's violence. There's gags. There's some yeah. parody. <laughs> Lots of parody. I mean, yeah, it's all it's. It's kind of like being a 13-year-old boy. It's everything you want. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm pretty sure it ticks all those boxes you know, pretty, pretty well. I'm just thinking about the last, this last script that, that I submitted. I was surprised that some of that stuff got through. But it, I mean, it did, so hurrah, which is great. And that's going to be to the benefit of, of, of the book. But, um, yeah, that was definitely the forefront of my mind, that, as well as, the, obviously, the, the, the action on pitch. There had to be some action kind of off the pitch as well and, and to serve the characters too because if you know you don't really give a shit about the characters then it's hard to care about the story that much so of I'm course. hoping that will that will come through too I did have one interesting thing that popped into my mind you said you haven't got a whole lot of feedback from GW or anything because you go through your editor now you obviously know Blood Bowl and you've played it yeah if you came up with an idea because I'm thinking specifically like a Slon roster or an Apes roster. If you came up like they wanted to play a team that doesn't exist, is that something you could do or is that something you wouldn't even try to do? Uh, it's a tricky question because, I mean, the first – because there's only four issues, okay? So yeah. each, each one – There's only so much you can do, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and I think you want to cover the archetypes or, or – um, as many of the archetypes as, as, as you can without it feeling kind of bloated to, to give each of those, I don't want to give kind of too much away, but each right. of those kind of teams that the, 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 the human team, the Harbingers play against, um, you want to give them time to, to, to grow. I mean, 22 pages uh, is, is, what, is what we've got to play with. I think the first issue is a little bit longer, actually, like 24 or something like that. But even, even so... Um, there's going to be a limit to 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 what what we could cover um, in in those four issues. So the the way I sort of approached that was, well, look, I'm gonna 
you know, I'm going to hope that maybe we'll, there'll be, there'll, maybe there'll be other opportunities to do other stuff later on with it. You know, we've got these sure. four issues. Let's let's make them absolutely killer in terms of you know who we put in, who you know which teams we put in the um, for, for them to play against. That makes sense. Um, uh, and and there's there's references to to other kind of there's some there's some surprising stuff as well, and um, which which you might you you know you might not be expecting in terms of the the teams that kind of show up. Um, but generally speaking, we uh, the the idea was to stick with like core teams, and there's there's, there's some that you know some folks might think, oh man, I didn't get a chance to see you know this team X or team Y, and um, can't fit them all in. But I think it was I'd rather tell a great story with uh, a few teams which we do justice to than a story that kind of loses its way and is crammed with like stuff that just all really fan service stuff, yeah. So there's a difficult line to tread because you want to include everyone's favorite, but then if you do that, then that's you know a whole, a whole crap ton of teams. So <laughs> to the, the way I'm right? hearing it is that people need to buy a whole bunch of copies, make sure their friends buy it, so we can make it an ongoing, and then you can oh, throw yeah. in all kinds yeah. of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, that'd be great. I mean, part part of the deal with um with these with these kind of small series is that. You, you've kind of you, you you will supply a bunch of other ideas. Like, you know, maybe we could do this thing next. Maybe we could do that thing next. So there's a notion of where it might go next. Um, I mean, right now, as I, as I say, right now it's four. But if if it, if the book does well and people respond to it, which I hope they will, um, then there are there are you know other places that certainly I've got in mind um, that we can take the characters and where we can kind of bring where we can bring them bring them next, and that that will then incorporate. Um, you know, other teams that, that that aren't in these these four issues, but hey, there's some awesome teams in this in these four <laughs> issues. So you've got to check those out first, and and uh, and 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 the story that's wrapped around um, which you got to pay attention from issue one. There's all sorts of stuff that gets dropped in issue one um, that will come to fruition uh, later on. So keep keep your eyes open for all of that. Nick, was there a maybe like rules or requirements when they came to you to write this? Did they say you have to include so-and-so in this or you have to work with, you know, we're, we're trying to sell a box set with the dwarf giants. So you have to include them in the series. Was there anything like that? And then also I know playing second edition blood bowl and third edition blood bowl and then playing for all these years with the community that kept the, the rules and stuff alive, our timeline, you know, you know, it went to the fall of the NAF to, you know, you have all these independent teams traveling the old world and playing games, and you know, throughout the years. And now with the latest, I don't know if you've pulled out, if you've had time to pull out all the books and read the the fluff and stuff that's in the current rule books and stuff. But it's like the time period. Blood Bowl's always been set 500 years kind of in the future of our time. So, you know, 1988 was really 2488 in Blood Bowl. Um, so... All these years, us fluffy people like to think of like, oh, this team won the championship in you know, in twenty five hundred and twenty five oh one and stuff, and they kind of went back and reset the timeline to uh, was it twenty four ninety four something didn't like reset that. Reset it. They just didn't update the fluff. They didn't so update they the fluff. Out they took the, the old s- fluff. Yeah, they, this they, year, which yeah. didn't match the timeline. Right. We were hoping when the new edition came out, they would say the current year is you know. Twenty five sixteen, but instead it's like twenty four ninety four or something like that. So, so when is your story set, <laughs> or do you even know? <laughs> well, I mean, it's 
<laughs> that's a major I'm, fluff issue. I'm sorry. The role-playing guy in me is just curious. <laughs> no, that's fine. So the, the continuity is, is difficult um, with anything like this and, and anything that's got like a long, <laughs> long-running kind of history because uh, inevitably it contradicts. Um, not just with you know, this version, previous versions, and the war that folks have written. So the the idea with this story was it's kind of in the never never, I guess. If that doesn't sound like a bit of a cop out, um, uh, but you know, current, I guess, current Blood Bowl timeline, I suppose. I mean, if 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 we're going to have a team like the Hawkland Harbingers doing something as amazing as winning um, um, the Blood Bowl, then it's it's not going to be set during one of those years where another team wins the Blood Bowl. You know, that's that's kind of that's the first thing. Um, uh, the uh, I think the other question. So the answer to that is, where's it set? Well, it's set somewhere in the Blood Bowl timeline, kind of in the current timeline, I guess. That makes uh, sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, and that's just so we don't. The, the idea behind that is that we don't step on people's toes and kind of irritate folks that um, <laughs> will say, "Hey, what are you talking about?" You know, you don't have Scott like, going. No, it's actually twenty five seventeen. This shouldn't yeah. be set. This, you know, yeah, we get you. I mean the, the 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 key, I suppose. I don't know. The 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 main driver behind this this book is to write, you know, a great blood ball story, um, which which celebrates, you know, the awesome kooky background of blood ball. The, the this game that's that's got a huge amount of fans. Loads of people play it. Um, we're going to bring it to life in a, in a great comic, um, and hopefully a memorable one. And, uh, and and that that's the kind of the the key goal here. I think. Um, so the, the the continuity thing is like sort of sidestep that a little bit and say, oh, it's in the current era. It's in the current era of Blood Bowl, and you're gonna you know meet a whole bunch of new teams because there are a whole bunch of teams within you know within 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 the Blood Bowl background within the Blood Bowl kind of pantheon. So that, that was that was the, the the driver behind that. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, sure. So did they? Did, but did they tell you to like include for sure a scene with Griff Oberwald at the bar or anything or like Bob that? Or Bob Jim. Um, at the gym. <laughs> um, so no, actually, we uh, got pretty free reign. The only the only directive that I got was it has to be a human team, um, okay. and it can't be the Reichland Reavers. Uh, and uh, and that was that was pretty much it. And then I, I would supply my 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 script based on that. And I tr- I've really tried hard to um, to avoid uh, kind of named like established teams because. You know, inevitably, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that's wrapped up with those teams that we might end up like misrepresenting or missing out, or I don't know, um, getting that continuity thing. So you're going to see a lot of new teams within um, within this uh, within this story. Cool. Uh, the, the the harbingers are kind of the are kind of the lead. Um, I mean, the way the way I sort of approached it um, was a little bit like uh, dodgeball. <laughs> In that movie, in the sense, it's like a bunch of misfits that come together and do something amazing. Uh, and in this case, they're playing blood ball. That's great. Well, and I was just curious about, like I said, them feeding you. You have to do this or that because I think if they came to me and said, "Hey, you want to do your own story?" I think I would do my own thing too because that way I don't, I don't maybe, I don't know, tarnish. I don't know if tarnish is the right word hurt the fluff of those other established yeah. teams and yeah. legends. And then I can create my own stories in my own little corner of the blood bowl universe. Yeah. You know? and, and isn't everybody doing that when they play blood bowl? Isn't exactly. Kind of what everyone's doing, right? They should, they should <laughs> act like, you know, this is their corner yeah. of the blood bowl universe, but then they show up to my tournaments with dumb team names or no player names. Yeah. And it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you get none of those guys. Do you know, I might actually put a player, I might actually do something in the next issue where I just put in like player one or something like that. I'll give them like a really mundane name. <laughs> Just to poke fun at those guys. That come to <laughs> okay, well, them. this interview's <laughs> over. Um. <laughs> oh, come on. This, you know, it's cool. We're poking fun at this stuff. What you, <laughs> need, what you need is a two-headed ginger <laughs> announcer that's named Stephen Scott and put him, you know, in the comic somewhere with a both-down T-shirt. That would be amazing. Okay. okay. I think That'll we need to interview good. the artist to be like, hey – you got a whole background. You need fans, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two fat ginger guys. <laughs> well, there's a there's a big there's a big pitch invasion in uh, some spoilers here. Sorry, there's a big pitch invasion in issue two. So there's um, there's Ooh. a carnage in one. Holy shit! You get to see the fans. That's the, I think that one's called uh, yeah Fan Factor. Obviously, in homage to you know, <laughs> nice. That is a that is a stat. Um, so there there was some stuff in there that kind of bleeds over and goes, oh yeah, okay, I see what we did there. You know, it's not it's not it's not it's not ingenious, but it, there's there's some there's some cute stuff that I think folks will will get a kick out of when they when they read it. That's great. So what was your favorite team to play when you played? It's probably a probably human team, and just because of the versatility. Um, uh, although. You know, who doesn't like playing dwarfs? I think the you're not going to get as a dynamic a game, but I guess you have to make a decision. It's like, am I here to score touchdowns? I can't do too many of those with the dwarf team. Or am I just going to beat the shit out of the opposing team? And, and I, I, I'm good with either, to be fair. Um, I think once you've maimed a few of the players, you can. It doesn't really matter how slow you are at that point. You can kind of just walk the ball over the line, and, and that's that. You know, you score once, right? So, right. I guess, I guess there is that. Well, we both come from the background that. Everybody was like, you know, what's your favorite team? And we go like, I don't know. I like them all. It just depends on my yeah. mood because we own all the teams and we're dumb enough to have all the teams painted. And then we've played them all at tournaments. Yeah. So it's, we're, we're kind of crazy in that aspect. So. <laughs> Obviously. So when does the comic book come out? Uh, well, I, I've, I've seen some different dates. I think I think it's May the tenth. I might I might be wrong about that. It might be May the tenth or the seventeenth. It's, it's one of those two. It'll be obviously a Wednesday, um, but uh, uh, I, it's, it's it's coming soon. Next so like soon. two three weeks, I think. So anybody out there who is interested, you better get to a retailer and let them know. Again, it's Titan Publisher. It's called Blood Bowl. No guts to glory, right? And they, there's several covers. There's some, there's some like I think one, one or two is done by the regular artist Jack Jaden or yeah. Jadson, and um, then there's some uh, several other ones painted I think by some different artists. And there, there's some beautiful covers out there. I mean, you I'm can not get Pete Nifton to do some. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we could. That'd be awesome. Um, I don't think we have that power. But well, we should have that power. Is what we should do. <laughs> um, Nick can. Real quick, can you you want to plug anything else that you're maybe currently writing or you know, oh, other things somewhere that... online to find more about your work? Yeah, because well, you can check me out on on Twitter. I mean, if you want to come over, that's probably where you get most of the. That's where I'm most active. So you know, just uh, just look up Nick Kime on Twitter. You'll find me there. There's not there's not that many of. of... There is, in fact, a, a squash player called uh, Nick Kime, but never mind about him. He lives in Bermuda. Never mind about... <laughs> Forget him. Don't look him up. Um, if you can, you can find me on, find me on Twitter. You can, you can learn about all my, my stuff there. Is it just um, at Nick Kime? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm, sure I'm going to check right now. Yeah, you better check. Cause this is important. This is going to go out to about 
15 people, so. All right. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> if it was only 15 people, we would not be doing this. It is uh, just, yeah, we would. It is just at Nick Kime. Uh, that's N-I-C-K-K-Y-M-E. Yeah, come and follow me on Twitter. You'll get updates about uh, the Bloodball comic, about the other stuff that I'm writing. Uh, I might even chuck up some uh, sketches and stuff when I get to see them and put them <laughs> and put them on there. You guys to have a to have a look at. I think I'm pretty sure I'm getting some previews pretty soon. So if I get the if I get the okay to reveal those, then I'll, I will definitely put those up. Awesome on media, so you can kind of check those out and get a, a nice early sneak peek of, of some blood bowl goodness. All right. So when this is popular enough to do the next series, you're going to have to come back on with us and talk some more blood bowl. I'll be absolutely delighted to you guys. No worries. All right. Well, um, we appreciate you taking the time. And oh, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Hopefully everything goes well, and we'll see a lot more from you. Fantastic. Fingers crossed. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about Nuffle, the origins of Nuffle. We're going to set the record straight on who this guy is. Lord Nuffle himself. Yeah, where did we come up with all this stuff? You know, so... So we're going to talk about the actual history of Blood Bowl itself, going back to the first edition, or we're just going to keep it all in fluff, right? We're going to keep this in fluff, and then we're going to interject our own comments okay. here. We're going to just kind of give you the the brief lowdown. If you do not have the Blood Bowl books, or yeah, if, if you're brand new to 2016 Blood Bowl, they don't really go in depth about the origins, do they? It's in there. It's it's is pretty it? much the same origin that we've had in oh, third edition. Oh, they do reprint it, don't they? I didn't and think it, about that. Okay. And from second edition. So it's pretty much the same. It yeah. hasn't really been updated, but it doesn't really need to be because the origin... No, I, mean, it's I don't perfect. know why you would change it. It's pretty perfect. Um, at Oklahoma Bowl, I overheard somebody talking to another new player, and they were trying to explain... And they didn't even say Nuffle right. It's... Nerful. so. Nurdle, or I don't, I don't remember I think exactly. They were trying to combine Nuffle and Nurgle, it was like Nerful. Okay, I think that's what it was, Nerful. So Nuffle, should I explain? Like, where it's really, it, it's kind of a, it's a pun. We're just going to let's just NFL. assume people have not read all the fluff. Okay, so let me just start with that. Sure, just give a quick recap of the actual true fluff of the game. Okay, so. Many, 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 many years ago. In the future. In the future, in, in some weird way. Um, yeah, so if you're really curious, modern times, 2517, well, sorry, 2017, um, we eventually turn into the universe that is 40K and Blood Bowl, right? Okay, well, how it's always explained to me is that we have our current time, eventually... Mm-hmm. In the future, it becomes crazy chaotic with the chaos gods. It's the 40K thing. And then eventually, the chaos, um, like warp gates and stuff, break apart. And basically, the world becomes the old world again. It devolves. They lose all the modern technology. It it devolves and all that stuff. And, you know, elves and all this stuff were experiments, is what Mm -hmm. I heard. Now, this is, I heard this 25 years ago. Um, 
and probably at a game shop. So who, who <laughs> knows? Uh, but yeah, everything kind of devolves back. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of like, I guess you could say we're on the same planet. Yeah. Of a That's 40K at, is, Earth or whatever. So when we say that universe, it feels like it's in the past, but it's actually technically in the future. And it's even more in the future than 40K. That's how it was explained to me. Okay. Now, if there's proof out there somewhere, and there we probably is, I, I guess I could go Google it, but I've always just kind of, I've kind of liked that. Right. Yeah. And I believe in the Warhammer role-playing game that was published in the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. there's also something to that effect about the warp gates breaking and okay. sends the world into like a dark ages type. So that's know. why you have like some of our influence of modern times would kind of spill over into that universe. Sure. And the origins of Blood Bowl, definitely, it's a part of. Oh, yeah. So um, if you take the current Blood Bowl time, just add 500 years. Mm -hmm. So it's 2517. Right. If you're reading the current edition (laughs) of Blood Bowl, though, it's kind of set back in like 24, mid-90s, 2494, 2496. I don't even know if it's that. Like we were talking to Nick, I think they just didn't really touch on that well enough. So it still has to be 2517. I believe it. I believe that too. That's what I want to believe. Yeah. So in the past of 2517, the far future for us, there's, there's a giant battle and people are battling and battling and battling for days and days and days. This is dwarves versus orcs. It's not like a hundred percent clear, but it's definitely orcs. And it alludes to being dwarves, but right. it doesn't clearly state that they're oh, okay. dwarves. There's two sides, and they're battling, and they do talk about a lot of dead dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, since nobody is, um, you know, all, a lot of the guys are getting killed, they kind of have a truce for a little bit. And the two leaders um, start to talk amongst themselves. It talks about, almost sounds like they're... Um, Having a standoff or maybe, I don't know. A like, powwow. <laughs> well, not necessarily talking, but maybe even like fighting amongst themselves. It's yeah. Not, so it's not like 100% clear. But the leaders are doing that while all the other troops are standing down. Mm-hmm. And there's a orc who is uh, named Monk, or M-U-N-G-K. Monk. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Anyways, there's an orc who's flicking boogers and he's bored and everything else. And he looks across the, the area that they're having these battles in. And he notices that it almost has a bowl shape to it. And you know, like he sees all these dead dwarves everywhere and dead people on his side kind of almost makes this bowl looking Mm -hmm. feature. And, uh, he leans his head back and he's, you know, it's like a, you know, kind of a metal surface or stone cut surface. And then, um, He's antsy and stuff, so he starts digging for worms to eat. And he comes across like what he feels something kind of hard, and he keeps digging and digging. And then finally he presses in. And when he presses in, he basically hits a switch or something that opens a door that he was leaning against. Mm -hmm. And um, they all kind of like gasp, and the leaders stop doing what they're doing. And they decide to all kind of go into this, like this hall. That is all decorated, and you know, it's obviously it smells really old. Mm-hmm. And um, inside there, there's football uniforms, basically American football uniforms. Yeah, 
and um, they discover this book. They take this book. The generals have it, but they can't read. So they send out, you know, like, we need somebody who can decipher this language, somebody to read. Um, so they s- spread that out amongst the countryside, and they finally come up, and they this old dwarf comes in, and he's going to – supposedly he can read arcane languages and stuff of – of the old world and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they give him the book. He sits down and supposedly, according to the fluff, he reads it for like three straight days. I mean, he doesn't say a word. He sits down and just reads it. And then after three days, he reveals what he's read, his discovery. And I'd like to just read it to you. What he says. Ooh, story time with Scott. <clears throat> I'm going to try to do a little dwarf uh, voice. We've tried that before. But it didn't last long. <laughs> this book wheezed the ancient seer, blinking his heavily laden eyes, appears to be a religious text of a group of warriors who came from a land called Amorica. The book is dedicated to the lost god Nuffle. Now, I'm going to stop there. Nuffle. N-F-L, folks. Yeah, if you can't tell, it's the Football Hall of Fame in Akron, Ohio. It's the Football Hall of Fame in Akron, Ohio. And it has a stadium there. Correct. And this and is American football, obviously. This is a, it's, Blood Bowl is, really is a big pun on American football, yeah. even though it's more rugby, soccer style, sure. score, scoring-wise. But when stuff. your god is the NFL. Right. And so they call him Nuffle. Makes sense. The head priest of these various sects of this deity, known as coaches, led their bands of warriors into great arenas and attempted to exterminate each other. The object was not, however, violence simply for violence' sakes. No, it was in truth of great ritual significance. So there was a murmur around the crowd as this dwarf was talking about this outlandish concept. The dwarf continued, A pig's bladder was inflated and carried or thrown from one end of the arena to another. And in an effort to uh, score, carrying the bladder over the opponent's inline gave a sect a number of things called points. The battle lasted a set time. At the end of the sect, who had amassed the most points, was declared the victor. Apparently, you didn't have to maim all your opponents, although the coaches seemed to encourage this practice as much as they could. Furthermore, the book states that Nuffle's sacred number was 11. So, that's where we always tease on the podcast, or if you follow Lord Nuffle in uh, Twitter. Mm Mm-hmm. The sacred number 11 is really for 11 players on the pitch. Right. That's why Nuffleween's closest we can get to November 11th. Yeah, so we (laughs) we do that. And we also tease that if there's a god of Nuffle and he wants you to fail, one reroll one. Yeah. So that's kind of where we get our joke of that. But he talks about the sacred number 11. And there was only 11 warriors on each side that could field the battle at once. And then he goes on to talk about all the other kind of rules where you can have more than 11 warriors. On the team. Yeah, on the team. And, um, you know, and in the fluff, it talks about how, like, the goblins in the in the crowd here, they started, like, taking off their shoes because they wanted to count how many 11 really were. <laughs> right. And then uh, one goblin figured out that, you know, like, it's a lot more fun to let your goblin friends take off their shoes and then you stomp their feet. Um, so then they went on to, like, really get into, like, well, we need to try this out. And so they played a, a Blood Bowl game. And um, Now, to be fair, it's not called Blood Bowl, though. It's not. I'm sorry. No, um, 
So uh, the dwarf goes on and says, it seems to me, continued the dwarf in a loud voice to regain their intention, that Nuffle has seen our dilemma, which they were fighting over something, and is trying to resolve it. I suggest that a team is put forward from each side and that our differences be resolved in this fashion. Uh, the, um, the generals from both sides agreed, except for the goblins who were standing in the back and still trying to explore ways of hurting each other through foot stomping. Thus, the first game of Nuffle Amorica Football, NAF, that's where we have our kind of governing body, the NAF, who mm-hmm. sets all the rules for tournaments, and we have NAF rankings and stuff. And then it, uh, a pig's bladder was inflated, and they played a game. Now, they didn't really have a proper pitch. They played on the battlefield that they were on. Right. And they really... It says here that they really don't know who won, but everybody loved it so much that they spread out through the old world and other people started like bragging about it. And then so other like tribes and cities and stuff tried to start making their own blood bowl teams. So that's how we got that. Yeah. They also noticed that while they played on this, this area, this battlefield that they scrubbed up when they were cleaning up, they noticed that there was like turf basically underneath there. So Mm -hmm. they cleaned up the whole area and they realized there was a field with markings and stuff. So then they got football markings and stuff like that for the field. So technically the game we play is Nuffle Amoracle football. That's correct. And it's, I believe later in the fluff, they talk about the actual blood bowl itself, which is like the Super Bowl. And it became so popular, it just became synonymous with the game. Well, it, it says here that, um, so the dwarf seer who was adopted, who had adopted the name of the sacred commissioner, Roselle, For or, or Rozelle, I guess is however you want to pronounce it. I've heard people call him Rozelle and yeah. Roselle, but it's after Pete Roselle, the NFL commissioner. First NFL commissioner, was, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah. After a priest of high standing mentioned in the book, <clears throat> he was named after a, a priest of high standing mentioned in the book, offered a prayer to Nuffle and began to organize the first second meeting. Uh, his mind burned with plans for the future, plans that would culminate in the toughest sex meeting in a physical offering to the great God, the Blood Bowl. So there you go. So which great God? Nuffle? No, N- Nuffle. Yeah. Okay, We're I talking didn't... about Nuffle, but right. since... There was so much, you know, blood and stuff from the first match. That's where they kind of get the Makes term sense. blood bowl. Yeah. And they played it, you know, it was a bloody battlefield that was a bowl shape. Mm-hmm. And then when the orc was done flicking boogers and decided to eat a worm, discovered all this, that area was called the blood bowl. Okay. So that's where you get that from. But yes, we play Nuffle Amoracle football. So the NAF became the governing body in the fluff, right? Because yes, yes, yes. The commissioner so this, ran the NAF. Right. And that's where like second edition picks up where there's all the, well, not really picks up, but continues on from first edition. Yeah. And then third edition comes in and it says that the um, one of the commissioners, Nick Threehorn, they're making tons and tons of money. He embezzles all the money, runs off with most of the dark side cowboy cheerleaders, and is never seen from again. And then the the remaining coaches and owners try to, you know, operate 
as well as they can, but most of them go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And it even talks about how, like, the 40 teams in the old NAF, at least half of them just go defunct. So did that – because that was 1988, right? The fall of the NAF was – uh, 24, 80, 80, 24, 89, 90. Yeah. Okay. Does that correspond with the NFL lockout? I don't remember. Maybe. Cause I always had it in my mind that they, t- they lined up. You could Google that real quick. I always took it as a, um, just a way to kind of continue the story because if you bought blood bowl, second edition, you know, the you were going into the year of eighty nine ninety, makes sense. So I thought story wise they were kind of like just wiping that clean to go to third edition. Now there was an NFL. There was one in sixty eight, seventy, seventy four, eighty two, eighty seven. So okay, the eighty seven one lasted for twenty four days, and it shortened the season to fifteen games. Okay. Wasn't there another one? Yeah, there's one 2001, 2011. Okay. But yeah, that was the one I was thinking. So it was right around the same time. Sure. And they might have used that as a jumping off point. They might have used that as like an inspiration to move Blood Bowl on to third edition. And also, I think, you know, we talked about this in the relaunch of the game. There's a lot to be said for starting a new team when everybody else is beaten down as well. Sure. Instead of, you know, you tried to make a new team to go up against all these pantheon of great teams. When the whole thing's in disarray, it feels like you're taking it from the bottom to the top. Right. Well, they, also in the fluff, it says that the the first like open league was the Chaos Cup. Okay. And that was sponsored by one of the CBS, ABC, or something like that. Yeah. So if you don't know, there's... There's all these uh, Cabal Vision. Corollaries for the right. regular like, stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, the Necromantic Broadcast Network. Circle. Circle or something like that. Yeah. So there's all those things. Mm-hmm. But, so with that being said, like I said, we having all this fluff and all they did was reprint it in 2016. I'm sure that it leaves plenty of time for them to do whatever they want but it should be twenty five seventeen in the fluff. Sure. I mean, and who knows? I mean, the more stuff we get, the more we'll find out. Yeah. We should be getting a new Death Zone book soon. You would think so. I keep hearing that it's going to be soon. But yeah. But I don't know what to believe on that, but surely we'll have one soon. We might, and don't call me Shirley. Okay, I won't. So, if you were at our tournament and you were telling people the wrong thing... There's no such thing as like a, a nuffle rock or a stone or a gem. It's a book. And the weird thing is, uh, there's not any images of nuffle. Like we did a contest a long time back to draw nuffle and figure it out. But even that, you know, it's kind of up for debate. <laughs> there needs well, to be like an image of nuffle. No, there doesn't. That's I, what makes him great. Maybe it is. This should be that should be played into like multiple images of Nuffle or something. <laughs> I don't know. This, this is how the uh, people from Kislev see Nuffle, and yeah. this is how the people from Arabia cool. see Nuffle, and these are how people from Nagrath see Nuffle. And then they start talking about different versions of Nuffle, and they start fighting, and then 
We just have war. Again. We just wrote another another four issue comic series for Nick. Mm-hmm. It could just be like guys sitting around the bar and they talk about Nuffle and it's a dark elf and he's like, yeah, Nuffle, he's this really bad witch elf who comes down and gets to screw you over. Tales of Nuffle. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Blood Bowl, Tales of Lore. You have some dwarf go like, hell no, that's not true. Nuffle, I've seen him. I was down in the mines one day. I was playing was. for the Blackheart, <laughs> and I saw Nuffle. Exactly. He came to me in a vision. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I like it. Maybe we should uh, put that together and uh, <laughs> send that to Titan Publishing ourselves. You draw. I'll take credit. <laughs> I'll take credit. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can do. All right, folks, now we set you straight. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with some listeners' emails. It's time for some listener emails that we've received recently. Scott's giggling because last time I called it viewer, and we had to stop and start over again. I'm not laughing at you. I know. I just find it entertaining when you actually mess up. It happens. So I'm not the only one. <laughs> so we have a couple just to go over. We pretty much replied to people who've messaged in and gone over some, but there's a few that we wanted to, well, just a couple that we wanted to go in a little bit more depth with. So what do you got? So um, I got an email from a guy named Paul. He says, hey, guys, first off, let me say love the podcast. Of course you do, Paul. We still like hearing it, though. Yeah, thank you for saying that. He goes on to say, just listen to episode 67, and I really love the segment of tournament etiquette. Well, good. We hope you learned something. Yeah. Seems <laughs> like it was a very popular topic. Yeah, we actually got a lot of feedback from that, so that's that's pretty awesome. I just meant there were other Blood Bowl podcasts that seemed to do the same thing. Oh, well, let's not talk about them. I did not. <laughs> he says, uh, however, got to disagree with you with your take on pun team names. Blood Bowl has a history of pun team names like the Orkland Raiders or the Dark Star Cowboys. He meant Dark Side. He's uh, wrong. He's wrong. But there could be a Dark Star Cowboys. That would work. against it. No, that would actually work. Uh, there's even a, a precedent for pun name players like Boomer Sison and so forth. So comparing a coach that has come up with a clever pun to a, to a coach that doesn't even bother to name his players, eh, I got to disagree with that especially if their models match the theme or the paint jobs matches the theme, etc. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just personally think it takes more effort than just going to Lord of Nuffle and picking a team at random or going to some name generator. Everything else you said was spot on. Of course it was. And I like, like I said, I am a fan. Just thought I could, just thought you could hear a different take on it. Keep up the good work, Paul. Who does this jerk think he is? Well, he's not really yeah. a jerk. No, no, so he's right. So maybe I'm misunderstood. Names like the Oracle Raiders are awesome. Yeah. Names like um, if you had a dwarf team and your team's called the Gitzberg Griefers, whether I like the name or not, it's a pun name. It's and, it, and it's trying to be like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Or I, I even heard the Blitzburg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I heard... I think it was just the Steelers. They use the same type of mascot, kind of like the Dwarf Giants, yeah. the New York Giants. I like all those stu- things. I am perfectly fine with that. M- my problem is, and I'm going to pick on some guys in our league because I love them and they know that, 
and they know they didn't put a lot of effort into it. There's a guy in our league who played in the finals. His team was called the Bambulans. They were lizards. We talked about this before. They're named after all sorts of medical terminology. Mm -hmm. But it's not like, you know, Spinal Tap Dan or anything like that. It was like, I can't. Arrhythmia. Arrhythmia. And then when that arrhythmia died. like arrhythmia. And when he died, he was arrhythmia too or triage. Triage one, triage, triage two. two, and if triage died, it'd been triage three. Yeah, he does have a theme, and I do understand that. Um, you know, and he but, puts a lot of fluff into the write-ups and everything. Oh, he, by far, he's the best write-up in oh, our easy. league. Every, every time he plays a game, he'll write a book on one game, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It's a little bit hard to get into. It's just like if I named my team the Moore Lions, which is the high school here yeah. in Moore, Oklahoma, and then I put Steve Campbell, and I spelled it exactly like Steve's mm-hmm. name, and I put my name in there and my kid's name. I mean, I get that. Or one of our guys works at a restaurant, so his team name is just the restaurant name. Exactly. And all of the players are people that at the restaurant. Right. It's something. Um, it's just not... And I and it, you're right. There's a lot of it's. It's really easy to go to a name generator. It's really easy to go to Laura Nuffle. I don't really recommend that. But if you can't think of something better besides right. naming your guy Bob, or we have a guy in our league who has an orc team and he couldn't. He just couldn't rack his brain. Couldn't think of a better name. So his team's called the Orkin Greens, mm-hmm. which I don't even understand what that is. But you go on no fumble idea. or we were watching beans. Oh, pork and beans. Okay. Well, still. I just got that. Okay. It's been four months. Yeah. Well, there you go. Pork and beans. Okay. Well, we watched we watched on Twitch the other day a very good Blood Bowl player play a game, and his team's name was like... I'm v- Batman. No, it was VSP, I'm Batman, and then every one of his players on his Dark Elf team was all named... All the males. All the males were named I'm Batman. Every single one. And all the females, the witch elves, were named I'm Batgirl. Mm-hmm. That's boring. Yeah, I don't get it. And No, and we don't mind pun names. It's because a lot of times... It's phrases. Yeah. I um, have Dysworski Kodiaks, which is a play on the Chicago Bears. Sure. And most of the time, my team, my players' names are takes off of real players. I just change up how they're spelled... Or I think for Chaos Cup, I took the first name of a gummy bear voice actor to go with a bear player or something. Okay. So I, I mixed it up. You know, I just, I didn't, it's not all original. Like, I guess it is original because they weren't real names. But, sure. you know, I mixed and I changed spelling and there's still pun names. I I don't. I, I love pun names. Right. So I think, um, yeah, and we one, don't disagree on this. And one of the guys used to play in our league, he had the um, uh, New World Patriarchs. And they were, uh, they worshipped Sigmar, and they were in the, of course, they were in the Old World, but they were bringing on Sigmar's religion, you know, to, to the people. And they were a play on the Patriots. And right. instead of Tom Brady, there was Thomas Bradenburg. Yeah. I mean, that's easy. We know who that is. We know it's a parody of Tom Tom Brady, but it's totally different in in the same same sense. You know, 
Uh, he had Wesley Wilkerson instead of Wes Wilson. Wilkerson. Yeah. And so I, I'm all for this. I, I really do enjoy pun names, especially if you can name them after like a pro team. I think those are some of the funnest yeah. things in the world because I grew up playing Blood Bowl Second Edition and I enjoy, just like I was ta- talking about with Nick, I can at least accept getting beat more when it's somebody who cares about their team and puts in an effort and just instead of calling their team a phrase. And there's a lot yeah. of teams who are out there are, they have a phrase. That mm-hmm. sounds like a horse racing, a the horse. green team, the green squad. Well, or, or I don't even know. But if you go to the horse track, yeah, you hear you know, King Johnny eats muffins is rounding the way, mm-hmm. and you see those teams all the time on Fumble. You see those all the time when you go to these Twitch channels. I don't like seeing them in tournaments. Death by Snoo Snoo is a popular one. Yes, I've seen that one too, and I. I get it. It's a funny little play. Yeah. But I don't care. But I it's, think it's not stupid. It's not sporty at all. Right. And it just doesn't. This is a role playing game to me. If yeah. I was playing the Star Wars role playing game, you wouldn't want my name to be John Anderson or Steve Campbell. Yeah. I mean, you just wouldn't. You would change it a little bit, you know? So that's my take on it. I know it's hard for some people. Well, no, I, I and I think again he agrees with it. It just wasn't made clear that you don't have an issue with puns. You have an issue with bad horse racing name puns. That's the issue. Wasn't Siggy talking about some vampire team that had? It was basically like a song title, but it, it subbed out the word for something for thralls. I can't even remember what it was, but. It was a cute, funny name. Hmm. I get, I get the cute joke, but know. it was just, it was a song title, basically. And I was like, "Come on, dude!" Nine to thrall. <laughs> I don't remember exactly Born what it to was. Thrall. But it, like I said, a cute back pun. in the USS thrall. Yes, back in the USS thrall. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> okay, that was a good team. That's what I don't like playing right. against. Um, hell, I think one year. Kick your asses from Pitch Invasion podcast. Got to the finals of Chaos Cup and his team name because he didn't give a crap. Chaos Cup team name, yeah, <laughs> or Chaos Cup team. And come on, so much better if he had a cool team name and sure. you could talk about the matchups and everything else. I know I'm weird. No, I know I'm weird. No, but this is what I do. Yeah, it's the reason we do a podcast. I sure wouldn't want to read a Blood Bowl comic and have a. Them talk about the the Hawkland Harbingers versus we came from South Mexico. Froggy came according, or Froggy came according. The slam team. Mm-hmm. No, nobody's going to want to read that. You would say this writer sucks. Well, you're the writer <laughs> of your role playing game. Stop exactly. sucking. And if you can't think of a name, just go to name generator. Those German mm-hmm. name generators are awesome to get like old yeah. world names. And again, if you don't want to. That's on you. That's fine. That's sure. just how it is. But don't ruin my fun. Exactly. <laughs> so You don't ruin my fun with fluff, and I will try my very best not to get mad to ruin your fun when you beat me. That seems fair. I've been better lately. You have. Uh, so the other one we're going to talk about, this might take a little longer. Uh, Moritz Pelty, I think that's right, from Germany, wrote in. <clears throat> and he really liked us going over the special play cards in the last couple of podcasts that's good 
and he asked about our opinion on the official optional rules special play card variants. And up until about 15 minutes ago, I had no idea what you were talking about. Okay. And so I kind of wrote, I kind of looked it over and gave him a reply, but I figured this is something that we could go in a little bit more detail and see what you think. So first off... So wait, before can, we start, these are official rules from yeah, GW. So say so you can find them at bloodbowl.com. Okay. And it's in the downloads. It's uh, version 1.3. Okay. So it's the most up-to-date version that's out there. I just downloaded them today. Okay. And it states, This document presents three alternative sets of rules for using special play cards in Blood Bowl, replacing the rules found in the Blood Bowl and the Death Zone Season 1. All three variants work in a very familiar or very work in a fairly similar way, etc., 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 etc. So, basically, you just choose one of these three to do before the game. So, version one is the points system, and they say it's the closest one to what's in the the game already. However, what they're doing is they're changing the cost value. For the decks. So they admit the decks are powered differently. So therefore, this kind of takes that into consideration. So instead of getting two... Instead of you choosing two from the, you know, miscellaneous mayhem and Mm -hmm. me choosing two from random events... And me, mine being way more than you. Right. We we get allotment of points. And then we get to decide which decks to get from. So I'll go over it. Okay. Uh, on a one-off ma- match, you have the same number of points. One coach rolls a D6, and you look up on the results in the table below. Okay, I see this. So on a one, <coughs> two points per coach. Two to three is three. Four and five is four. Six is five. Okay. So it's how many points per coach. In a league match, you would go depending on who has the highest team value. So up to 1.29 is two. 1.79 is 3, 2.29 is 4. Whoa, so really and 2.3 having, is 5. So having a higher team value would actually get you more points and more cards. Right, for both players. Oh, okay. What's interesting here is when you choose oh, cards. Oh, highest team value. I yeah. see what you're saying. So if if you had 2.5 million and I had 1.1, we would default to yours and take 5 points. Okay. Interesting thing is that the team that has the highest team value would choose cards first. Hmm. I don't know if it matters, but would that it's be kind of odd. for them for the lower team to kind of know maybe where to hedge their bets? I think so. Like if you saw me grab random events, which are only worth one point each, you see I'm grabbing five of those. Yeah, you, or whatever. you might want to put all your eggs in one basket, or okay. if you were putting. So we'll go over that. The decks each have a different cost. And I think... Is this updated with the newest one? Um, Heroic feats? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's not like we understand. No. Um, so, uh, Miscellaneous Mayhem is worth four points apiece. And then Benefits of Training, Heroic Feats, and Magical Memorabilia are all worth two points each. Dirty Tricks and Random Events are worth one point each. Right. So this, by their own decree, shows that Miscellaneous Mayhem is by far the most powerful deck. Hmm. So there's not even any dispute about that. Well, I'm glad they've 
kind of address this in a kind of weird way. Kind of a weird way. So this is variant one. Yeah. Okay. Now, to me, what's interesting is once a coach has finished drawing their cards, they can return any one of them, not including any purchased through inducements, to the bottom of its deck and draw a replacement from the top of the same deck. So you get a mulligan. That's not what I get out of that. That is true. What I see there is not including any purchased through inducements. Do you purchase cards through inducements? I think you can. Can you? You can buy extra cards, yeah. Okay, then. We don't do that in our league. We don't use them, so that's We don't do that in our store league, so. That makes more sense then. Yes. I was like, that seems odd. All right. I think it's 100K you get an extra card. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. So. Yeah, I should have read up on that. That's okay. Just seemed odd. So if the free cards you get, you can take a mulligan on one of them mm-hmm. from that same deck. Depending on how many, yeah, what points you go. It's a better way of doing it because it takes the cost into consideration. So I like that. Yeah, at least they thought about it and kind of admitted that, yeah, that deck's a little bit more powerful than these yeah. others. So that means they're listening to us because I'm sure there's a lot of people have said, oh, I'm like, sure. you know this is not fair. Yeah, so... I'm not too upset about that. If I was going to use cards, I'd probably use that one because that does seem the most fair. You know, you're not going to get screwed over. And at least then everybody's on the same foot. If you want to take four one-pointers or you want to take one four-pointer, that's on you. So variant two of three is called the card draft. This one seems weird. At the start of the match... The coaches each roll a d6. The coach who rolls the highest picks one of the available special play decks, draws two cards from it face down, and gives one to their opponent without looking at it. The other coach then does the same. They can choose the same special play card, same special play deck, or a different special play deck. The cards a coach draws in this way will form a starting deck. Repeat this until each coach has a number of cards in the starting deck determined as follows. So, again, on a one-off, you roll a one, you get two cards. Two through five, you get a three. And six, you get four. So I, I just grab a pile. Any deck. And I give you one and I get one. You take two, you keep one, and you give the other one away. But I don't look at it. You don't look at them. And then I would do the same. So if, and again, if, if on a league game, those team values of up to 1.29 is 2, up to 7.9 is 3, 2.29 is 4, and 2.3 higher is 5. Okay. So we would say we got 5, choose a deck, take 2, pass 1. You choose a deck, take 2, pass 1. So now we have two cards. We do that again. Again and again. Then so we, we have both five, have five cards. cards. Okay. And they can be from any decks. Okay. Just but we're going to get the same amount of same whatever decks. from each deck. Okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of odd. Then once each coach has compiled their starting deck, they can look through them. Each coach chooses one card to keep and places it face down in front of them, then gives the remainder of their starting deck to the other coach. Repeat this until each coach has only one card left. That card is discarded back to its deck. 
Hmm. Okay. So this is weird. It seems like it would take a crap load of time. <laughs> well, it shouldn't. Shouldn't. But you got to get all the decks out. So you got to pick. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's probably not as intensive as it seems, but it seems like it's taking a long time. Okay. Out of these two systems, I think yeah. I would just go with the point system. One. Yeah. So. Okay. And you said there's a third one? Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and read that one? Uh, There is none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead and read it. Okay. Um, I'm done. Yep. There you go. So it states that there's three. It only shows two in the system. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I double-checked. I'm like, am I missing a page? I went, had to go back and look at it again. Like, <sighs> do I have to scroll down or hit a button? Nope. It says three. They have two. It does say three. All yeah. three variants work in a... <laughs> <laughs> Familiar, fairly similar way. Hmm. So that's odd, to say the least. Oh, well, here's the third. Vi- I bet this is the third one. It says, if you can't agree to one of these variants, don't use any of the variants and stick to what's in the books. Is that what they're going to claim is the third? I don't think that's what they meant, because that's not a variant. That's true. All right. So there's I not- think they just forgot a third one. Or maybe it was a typo. Maybe there was three, and one of them was like, no, that's too... You know, not play I remember seeing this long time ago when it first came out, and I thought... How, how long has this been out? For ever. Oh, long time. Maybe I should go to BloodBowl.com more often. We don't use cards, so what's the matter? But I thought that they would... They had priced the decks so you they could be used as inducements. Hmm. I seem to remember that being the case. Maybe not. Maybe that's the third way, and it's not there. Maybe they decided to get rid of it, but didn't change the first paragraph. Maybe so. Or maybe they're reworking it or something like that. No idea. Hmm. I guess we'll find out. (laughs) So that's GW. Okay. Well, I I really didn't know this existed. This either one of those sound better. I mean, I think it does. I think I like the first one better, just because it's on the table saying this is worth more. If you want to take it, take it. Sure. If you want to take your chances, go for it. I agree with you. So, all right, something we might try someday in a one-off game or something. I kind of, believe it or not, I want to play with the cards, even though I really think some of those are definitely not play-tested like the old ones were. Some of them are just game-breaking. And I just really don't know why we're reinventing the wheel. And this is not taking into consideration any of the early bird, full beard cup, Las Vegas Open. All that stuff uh blitz mania any of those right i don't know so yeah um there you go not exactly sure what we make of it but we figured we'd let you know that it does exist again you can go to bloodbowl.com download that for yourself all right well that's what i'm gonna do as soon as i get the uh, third variant out (laughs) (laughs) once they do i'm sure that they will not tell anybody maybe you can make up your own maybe that's it we should. We should just make a brown deck, too. And then just print it off and say, no, it's official rules. It says right here, all three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good, man. All right. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with some shout-outs. Time for the final segment of the show, the one that Scott's getting antsy for. It's getting antsy. His hand's shaking. 
Shout outs. Okay, now he feels better. Yeah, I got that out of my system. So we want to thank, thank Moritz and Paul Paul for, for sending, sending the this, emails. Yeah, sending some emails and getting us to talk about things that we haven't thought about. We had other emails also, but we don't just say hi to I, everybody. I would like to plug Doodoo's tournament once again, Oofta Bowl. Right. So if you're up that way, you can get on the NAF and sign Me. up for Oofta Bowl. There's another one for Muson Con. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's run by Andy Welton. Mm-hmm. And then Three Die Brawls coming up. Oracle Cups coming up. Spiky 5.5's coming up. Yeah. There's a lot of things coming up. Oh, there's Midwest Gaming. We're Midwest Championship. And, and if you're in the Las Vegas area, Mark Perry's going to have a tournament about every, every other month. weekend. <laughs> about every other weekend. So sure seems that way. If you want to get your 24 and you're in the <laughs> United States, just go to Vegas. You never have to travel. You can just get that done in about six months. Hey, never a bad reason to go to Vegas. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no, seriously, if you are yeah. going to Vegas to gamble, there's like a at least a 35 to 40% chance there's yeah. a tournament. Because Mark's pin- running them like crazy. And there's a pinball hall of fame. Is there really? Yeah. Have you ever never been there? Mm-mm. Hmm. Didn't I think it opened up last since last time I was been in Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. It's fun. If you like to people watch. Oh, I thought you might like it for the hookers. No. No. It's way too expensive. There's no hookers in Vegas. Really? No, it's not legal. It's in the outside of air- area. Oh, is that where all those HBO shows mm-hmm. used to be in the early 2000s? Yeah, so you have to drive like two hours or something. What? So you, okay. Is it? Okay, it's you've super been to Vegas. Expensive. You've been to Vegas to gamble, or I, were you a kid? I'm not a gambler. When <laughs> At Vegas, on. I wasn't. Oh, okay. I'm at not. The time. I'm, I enjoy the machines, they're cool. Right. But so when I went to Vegas, I went once with dad and. That was basically us just walking around, seeing the hotels, and. But is it like everybody says, where like they give you basically free food everywhere because they want you to come in and no. play the games? No. Oh, okay. That's not true anywhere. I don't think. Free drinks, sure. Oh, if you okay. want to get liquored up, yeah, they'll okay. give you liquor. Uh, you can probably find cheap buffets downtown or something, but not so much when I was there last. Again, it's been a long time. But the last time I went. It was with a friend of mine, Chris, and my sister. And Sis played machine everywhere. She'd <laughs> win everywhere. It was annoying. I actually got mad at her one time because we were downtown uh, Fremont Street. And we're like, come on, let's just go. Well, I'm still playing. Okay, well, we're going to be outside. You finish and come out. So we go out. And I'm talking with the bum for about 10 minutes. And... <sighs> He won some money. I didn't have any, so I was All right. just chatting. And I just got pissed. I'm like, okay, fine. Where the hell is she? I go in. She's not at the machine. She's at a different machine. I finally found her. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, well, you know, I was down to like one quarter or whatever, and I just put it in this machine, and I hit, and then I tried to cash out, and uh, the machine broke, and I was just like, oh. So did you pick up the bum? That's that's what I. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He went back to the hotel with you. Oh yeah, yeah. Bum bum sex, bum job. Ah gosh, we made it almost to the whole episode. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, Nick. He cussed. That was him in the interview. Yeah, you actually started this, Nick. So um, this is why we're talking about Steve picking up bums in Mm -hmm. Vegas for sex. But what I did that trip 
was I went to every casino and signed up for the players club because mm-hmm. you just had to give them an email and you know your info. Mm-hmm. So I had a players card from every casino there. Was that like your souvenir? That was my souvenir, free souvenir, and as many emails as I could take. <laughs> For years after that, I was getting emails. Come see Vegas. Come see Vegas. Oh, everybody thought you had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, it goes to my spam email. <laughs> That's cool. One day I need to go up to Vegas. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, it, if you just like walking around, seeing sights, looking at people, it's great. If you have a ton of money to blow, I'm sure it's even better. Oh, I bet it is. So, All right. I do want to give a shout out to... Newly crowned two-time NAF champion, Core. Core Fogut. Core won again. Yep. The unassuming giant man. He's he's my gentle giant friend. <laughs> I love that guy. It's it's still so funny. The first time we met him, waiting on the train to go into Wrigley, you're like, you play? Yeah, I play. Do you win any tournaments? Yeah, I've won a tournament. Yeah. Uh, Lo and behold, it's the NAF championship. Oh, it's the NAF championship. What? Yeah. (laughs) You look online, he's played 4,000 games of fumble or whatever (laughs) with just Amazons. Or was it High Elves? I don't remember. Dude, that guy's played a lot of Blood Bowl. But But he played with Dark Elves. But he's also won two NAF championships. And Spiky. And, And did he win Dungeon Bowl? I don't know if he won Dungeon Bowl. I think he did. He... I don't know. I'm not sure on that. I he, guess we'll have to get him on the podcast and ask him. Yeah, we should. That's what we should do. Yeah. I know he came like inches away from final table of Chaos Cup. I know he's a Dolphins fan. Miami Dolphins. That he is. I don't get that. Uh-huh. He must have liked him at some point in his youth. Marino, 85. Probably. Because I started off as a Dolphins fan. And then I switched to the Patriots. Hell, lucky me. I'm a Bears fan. I hit that right at the right time, and they have done crap since. I think almost everybody likes a team for some reason like that. Mm-hmm. You just don't like it. You don't like start liking the Cleveland Browns this year. I don't think anybody likes you got the like, Cleveland Browns. Unless you got season tickets really cheap, and it became like a family tradition. Sure. Yeah, that's – yeah. I mean, honestly, that's – when I went to college, I went to o- University of Oklahoma, but I grew up as a Oklahoma State fan. But I got cheap student tickets, so I started going to the games, and I started actually loving going yeah. to the games, and became a fan of the school I went, you know, went to school for. So, Makes sense. Yeah, it happens. I get that, but I mean, I switched because the Patriots started winning some games, and then they happened to go to the Super Bowl that year and got smashed by your Bears, mm-hmm. and then I suffered for a long, long time before I've had these glory years the last. Yeah, Fifteen see, I, years. I was mainly a Bears fan because Dad was a Cowboys and Raiders fan. So I was like, I need a team that I can root against him. That's, oh, Bears that's, is a good one. That's pretty much what I did, too. Some of my friends were already Dolphin fans, and when I saw the little Patriot guy, I was like, that's a cool logo. That's a cool logo. And that's sad. Picked a team by the logo. Better than a Super Bowl shovel. I was into them before then, so I know that. That's good for you. Yeah. Did you dance to the Super Bowl shuffle as a young y'all ad? I called into the radio station and requested it. Oh. And sat by the radio for hours and they didn't play it. Oh. Your first disappointment. No, no. I've, I have parents. 
All right, I think we've rambled on along enough about childhood things in Vegas and yeah. favorite NFL teams and Steve's bum sex. So. Bum sex. All right, so that should wrap everything up. Get in the bum. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, puts a bow on it. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. So next month we'll be back, I don't know, sometime. Yeah, or this one's out on time. It's actually probably early. Yeah. Go out there and uh, buy some Blood Bowl comics, folks. There's a, a lot of covers. And if you missed out on the last Blood Bowl comic, those are actually hard to find now. Yeah, I, I gave those up. I well, could. I sold mine, too, to Abraxas. And, um, so bad. They were bad, but now you can't find them. Yeah, because they were low print. Nobody cared. Yeah. Buy up these comics so we can have more Blood Bowl comics. Don't forget the Both Down shop is open. I appreciate everyone who has sent in orders. It's very nice. And rate us on iTunes. Please. Give us reviews. Yeah, come on, fools. I don't know. All right. Well, that's a wrap, folks. We'll See talk you to you later. Time. Follow both down on Twitter at both down. You can follow Scott at Fat Finley, F A T F I N L E Y, and Steve at Kilowog 2814. If you want to know if your team name is both down approved, send a tweet to at BD approved. If you'd like to email them, the email address is both down podcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at both down.com or at facebook.com forward slash both down. It's a bonus segment with Mike Carpenter from Texas. Since I have you here and I don't have anything for the ending, why don't you tell us what your website is? Uh, sure. The uh, website is called Weird Stones and Tackle Zones. Um, it essentially started several years ago. Um, I was making a lot of Mordheim terrain, uh, stuff like that mainly. I wasn't actually playing a lot of Mordheim, but I was, I was making terrain in preparation to play. And it, it kind of morphed from there, you know, once the new blood bowl got announced um the site kind of became a little more blood bowl focused because i am an old school blood bowl nerd and you got more focused in blood bowl so only makes sense yes exactly so kind of started i would post a lot about going to the tournaments i i pretty much every time i was trying to get ready for a tournament and trying to paint a team to go to said tournament i would start posting on the blog to try and I guess keep myself motivated keep myself focused that kind of thing I, I figured if people were actually you know reading along and, and liking the page uh, it's some weird kind of narcissistic hey maybe that'll help me keep focused <laughs> and, and finish this um, hey there's a reason why we do this so yeah and I don't know that that ever particularly helped as far as motivation um, but I still managed to get every team finished that I ever painted specifically for a tournament. Now, once or twice I was painting the night before getting on the road to drive to tournament, but I finished all of them. So, oh, sure. Um, Mike Lewis in Tulsa has famously been painting in the car on our, our drive to Chaos Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, so, as long as you're doing yeah, better than that's, that. That one's not as bad. Um, I think the biggest we ever had was... 
one of the first both down tournaments we went to, I think it may have been the very first Oklahoma Bowl that Jeff White and uh, Dave Persinger and I went to. Both Dave and Jeff were finishing up their teams in the hotel room the night before the tournament. Um, as a matter <laughs> of fact, Jeff was actually clear-coating his minis in because it was raining really hard that night. Jeff was clear-coating his minis in the hallway in the hotel room. <laughs> and, there were, and we were... Our room was right in front of the elevator, too. So people were getting out of the elevator, looking at Jeff like he was losing his mind because he's sitting there spraying this clear coat on these minis. And so uh, he felt bad about that. So he, he then proceeded to walk down the hallway to the stairwell, and he was he was clear coating the last of his minis in the stairwell. Well, that's a yeah, little bit better, yeah. I guess. So, um, but anyway, the, the website, though, just really kind of went back to – uh, again, once the Blood Bowl re-release was announced, I kind of started doing a little bit more related to that. And then I, I promised myself when the re-release was announced that I was just going to buy everything because in previous releases, I didn't. I, I kept saying, I'll get it later, I'll get it later, I'll get it later. And as we all know, everything went out of print and got really hard to find. And in the last few years leading up to the re-release, I spent an inordinate, insane amount of money reacquiring some of this stuff. Well, mostly acquiring, in some cases, reacquiring some stuff that I never got around to getting or that I ended up getting rid of for one reason or another. And, I mean, I just spent a ridiculous amount of money. And in some cases, two to three times what it originally was retail. So I promised myself this go-around that I was just going to buy everything. And I'm sure GW is thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure guys like me are exactly who they were counting on on this re-release. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, just kind of on a whim, one day I decided to post an unboxing on the website for, oh gosh, what was it? Um, it was either the Dwarves or the... I think it was the Skaven the, team since it came out first. Um, it may have been, though. I think the Skaven team was released at the same time the original box set was. So I can't, I can't remember what the first yeah. unboxing post was. It wasn't the actual box set. Oh, okay. Again, just on a, a whim, I decided to do an unboxing post on one of them. And all of a sudden, the, the traffic on my blog kind of spiked. And I was like, what, what's going on? And I noticed that someone apparently had found the post and reposted it on Reddit. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. So then I did another unboxing post. And all of a sudden, my the the traffic of the site spiked. I mean, for me, I mean, at the time, you know, 10 people in a day was a good day for me. Right. Um, and I, were, I was getting a few hundred visits in a day each time I would post one of these unboxings. And it was just like, wow, that, this is kind of crazy for me. And it turns out that someone kept reposting uh, links on Reddit and then later on Facebook. So then I, I decided, well, if somebody else is going to start doing it, I mean, I, I might as well start posting it myself. And as a result, sure. things have, yeah, things have kind of taken off. And so we, you know, I've talked to a few buddies about um, joining with the, the posting on the site and kind of adding uh, a spectrum of content. So it's not completely blood bowl focused. It's not going to be, you know, Mordheim focused. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of everything for gamers. And it's just kind of gone from there. And we've just started a, a Facebook page for the website. And I actually um, last week started a YouTube channel. So 
just kind of really more than anything is just, you know, just starting out, the, but hopefully it'll get bigger and bigger. Yes. And it's really about having fun um, and yeah. enjoying the hobby. Um, if people like what we do and, and kind of are on the same page, then fantastic. If not, eh, no big deal. It, it's a, we did it all for fun anyway. So. Sure. Okay. Well, uh, as I said, this was just a little bonus thing to put at the end of the podcast. So I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And if you want to check you out, weirdstonesandtacklezones.com. And weird is spelled W-Y-R-D. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And I'll end this there.